Is your money not sure what to do with itself right now? At Ally, they'll help it save for the future with their smart savings tools. Bucket your money for the things that matter most. Analyze your spending and save automatically. All on top of a competitive rate. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com slash savings for more info. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Crazy old man back in his own attic, wearing a hat to cover up the bandages and the stitches, of course. And this is episode 85. Wilbon, we're going to begin with the NFL. The NFL has canceled the Hall of Fame exhibition that was scheduled for August 8th. This is traditionally the first game of the exhibition season. So I'll ask you this big deal, little deal, no deal. Big deal, Tony. Big deal. I mean, I sort of been waiting for this. I don't think it's a surprise that they canceled the Hall of Fame game. I mean, it gives each of the two teams that were supposed to be in it like a week and a half, 10 days, I suppose, to report while we assess the state of the world, not just the state of the National Football League or the state of the Cowboys or the state of Dak Prescott's contract, the state of the world in the United States of America and Texas, you know, one of the growing hot spots. So this is a big deal. And, Tony, it's a big deal also because as, as I look at football, as I stare down football, and all the, you know, oh, we're going to the hype over the schedule. We're going to get this. We're gonna, we don't know if we're getting jack. And so this begins to put into some context that we still have to wait a little bit to find out if and what will happen when. Yeah, so I don't think it's a big deal yet because it's an exhibition game and it doesn't matter. And it's so early in the schedule, it only exists for the ceremony of the induction of the Hall of Fame. It's like a booster dinner. It doesn't really mean anything. I think it's a little deal right now, but where I do agree with you is the NFL has been very definitive that they want to play 16 games, all right? This is an admission that they don't know how to navigate this virus just yet. This is an admission that they can't be certain about anything. I'll tell you this, Mike. A few months ago when the NFL said 16 games and we're going forward, that was in April. That was in May. And this seemed like a long way down the road. Well, now we're almost in July and the virus is getting worse. It's not getting better. I think you and I are in accord that the virus holds all the cards. And to say you want 16 and even to arrange your schedule so some games can be flipped, you know, to three months down the road. I don't right now. I'm not betting on 16 today. How about you? I'm not. I'm not even I'm not even to the point of discussing how many games. I'm still at the point of wondering if there'll be any games. That's fair at this point. Tony, it'd be great. It'd be great if there are all the games. It'd be great if there's a partial season. Wonderful. We don't know Jack. I mean, you know, I remember I'm going back to first of April. And Adam Silver said at the time, I know less today than I knew a month ago, when he said the season's got to be put on hold. We know in some ways less now. We are less certain of everything of life going forward, Tony. We didn't, we couldn't, we couldn't have a crystal ball that yeah. was going to tell us what was going to happen necessarily in Florida and Arizona and Texas and what was going to happen with every yeah. event. Now you see events that were scheduled being canceled. 
we don't know and the NFL doesn't know either. Yeah, I think that I think that the NFL will look to baseball to see what happens to baseball to see if they can have the full season that they want. We see things in golf. You know, you don't have scrimmages in golf. You guys are going no. out in golf They're now. Not each other bar. in golf. So, yeah, so you know, they're as far apart as you can be. They're, the the uncertainty now probably has a terrible effect on the NFL because they came out stronger than everybody that they were going to have sixteen. And I don't yeah. know. Yeah, how's it looking so far? We don't we don't know how it's looking. Rob Manfred, as we move to baseball, says Major League Baseball owes it to its fans to be better, Tony. Quote, we need to start to have conversations about how we, the commissioner's office, my staff, the clubs, the MLBPA and the players can be better going forward. We owe it to our fans to be better than we've been the last three months. Tony, what chance do you give of that actually happening? I give zero chance to that because I've paid attention to what has happened to this point. They sat down together and all they got was acrimony. They got tremendous acrimony. The players hate the owners. They don't believe anything they're saying. Scott Boris urges them on to hate and disbelieve the owners. The players left money on the table, Mike. They left a lot of money on the table compared to what they're going to get just so they could sue baseball. So if you ask me... What chances does this have that they're going to get together and everything's going to be great? I would say today, absolute zero. How about you? Zero. Zero. They've always <laughs> hated each other. They hate each other. Yeah, no, just... We can use that word. They do. I mean, that doesn't mean that every player hates every owner. No, 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 no. But collectively, the players and the owners, they can't stand each other. They've had more work stoppages, as we know, than all the other sports combined. This is what they do. They have acrimony. They sit at a table and they just want to spit on each other. And you mentioned Boris. He leads the way for the MLBPA. Even the players who say, my God, I'm tired of Boris. They wind up, you know, doing essentially what he says. So, Tony, no, there's not going to be they're not going to be better. And they really don't care about the fans much either. This notion that, you know, Major League Baseball, oh, oh they really can't. No, no, they don't. And I will say this. This is what, in the case of Major League Baseball Players Association, has created the strongest union in sports. They're not paying a bit of attention to the fans. They know what they want. They pursue their agenda. And if you get in the way, That's it's right. too bad. They don't, they, right. Neither one of yeah. these sides cares about anything else other than its agenda. So I've, I sort of like Rob Manfred. I think he came out very early and said, we want to have a season. We'll... I think he said we'll turn over every rock to get a season. But at this point, he flies out to see Tony Clark. And it's optimistic for about, I don't know, five, six hours. He may feel betrayed by Tony Clark. Rob Manford has to understand that the players think of him as a complete stooge for the owners. Every time he suggests something like a pitch clock or, you know, something to improve the game, they go, no, 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 they they hate him. They hate him. They hate the owners. So zero is the correct amount. Let us stay with baseball. Let me get closer to home to Washington, D.C., where I live and you visit occasionally, I'm told. Yeah. The Athletic is reporting that there have been no contractual conversations at all between the Washington Nationals and their longtime GM, 
Mike Rizzo, Chicagoan, who I know you love. Chicago's in the last own. decade, only the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Dodgers have been to more postseasons than the Nationals. Wilbon, can you imagine the Nationals just saying, all right, get out of here to Mike Rizzo? Why? Why? I Look, I only know one side of this. I, I like Mike Rizzo, you know, who's a Catholic League boy who grew up in Chicago at the exact same time I did. And we have a lot of the same, you know, references in life. And I really like Mike Rizzo. And Mike Rizzo's really good at what he does because, I'm sorry, what did they just do in October? I know baseball was a long time ago. But Mike Rizzo put together a I think team they won and won the, the World, World Series. Series. Yeah. So I why would you let they, him go? I mean, I'm not what? sure, but I think they won the World Series. I think so. I don't want to no. presume that just because they haven't done it yet means they won't do it. I don't want to do that. There's plenty of time right. to get a contract to reward That's Mike right. Rizzo. But you know what? Mike Rizzo, you know how much stress he should have? None. Because if the Nationals, Zero. for whatever reason, Zero. don't want to do that, there'll be about 30 other teams that say, or 29 other teams, that say, Mr. Rizzo, can, can we have a conversation? Yeah, so I, I can see Mike Rizzo leaving if he wants to, if it is his goal to go somewhere right. else and he knows where he right. wants to go. He can do that. But let me go through a few things that he's done. Okay, he signed Strasburg. He signed Scherzer. He navigated letting go of Bryce Harper because he had Soto and Robles and he traded for Adam Eaton. He was prepared for that. He signed Patrick Corbin. He signed Howie Kendrick. He got the baby shark power and he won the World Series. Mike, we've seen this before with Rizzo. Then he gets down, sorted to the wire, and then he gets a contract. He's been there since 2009. There's no reason for the learners not to love him. There's no reason. Well, maybe they so, love him me, and this is just the way they want to do business. You know more about that. I, don't, I know the learners yeah. to say hello. You are Mr. Nat. You wine and dine with the executives. Right. Uh, so how do you well, feel about with this? Rizzo and Eddie Longos, I feel that he's going to stay if he wants to stay. And I never heard they didn't want to stay. There's one knock against him. He's been what? there like 10 or 11 years. He goes through managers very quickly. Davey Martinez, if he finishes this season, will be the first manager to go three full go three. for the Nats. Yeah. And he went through he went through Manny Acta and Jim Riggleman and Davey Johnson and Matt Williams and Dusty Baker. We both thought Dusty Baker should have stayed. So he churns managers. But again, he just won the World what? Series. World Series. What? Washington, D.C., 1924. Yeah. Was that the previous one? I know there was an absence of baseball, Been but still. a long still. time. We're going to stay in Washington. You must have put together this rundown. We're going to stay in D.C. I did. 35-year-old running back. Let me repeat. 35-year-old running back Adrian Peterson wants to play four more years. Peterson said to TMZ, quote, why not? Close quote. Peterson is fifth all-time in yards and could have an outside chance to catch Emmitt Smith for the all-time record if he plays four more years, a theme in Washington, four more years all the time, every 450 years or 200. Tony. You bet against AP? First of all, he's got to catch Frank Gore, who's still working. Okay, he's, yeah. he's with the Jets now, and he's number three, and Peterson is, is number five. Look, I would not bet against his ability to get his body in shape, and I would not bet against his desire to play. But I might bet against coaches wanting him on the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at a certain age, yeah. you know, he wants the ball all the time. The reason it works with the Redskins the last two years, because the Redskins are terrible. And that you good. know, and they didn't have a quarterback. 
Yeah, so, so, that's, so they handed him a ball and he did, he did a very good job. But now they've got a new coach. They got Ron Rivera. I don't, I don't know what that relationship is. And I will just say this and get out of my part of the segment. The oldest running back ever in the NFL, you know, the lead running back, was Marcus Allen at 37. Peterson wants to go to 39. Uh, you know, what, what did Shaq say? Remind people what Shaq said. Bruh, bruh, bruh. 39, it ain't 29. That's the exact sentence. I've, my, I've got to work on my Shaq. But yeah. Marcus Allen, who we both love, and we know Marcus Allen was hosed out of three years. There was three years where Marcus right. Allen may as well have been in a smoking jacket with a pipe. He didn't play. He hardly played at all. And so he saved that. Adrian Peterson. Look, if Adrian Peterson was in Minnesota where there is emotional investment in him and his career, I might see this. I don't see this happening. Tony, coaches, for the most part, don't care about running backs anymore. It's one thing to say, I want to do this. It means you don't get to do it necessarily. I I don't see this happening. I mean, if Adrian Peterson can latch on somewhere and stay healthy, good for him. I mean, it'll just make people who pay attention to football celebrate, uh, you know, Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and all the other great backs that Peterson has passed and would have to pass Jim Brown, of course, to get to, to, to the number one spot, of course, Emmitt Smith. But, man, Tone, I, 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 don't, I don't see this happening. He's going to the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson. He's a great back. But don't tell me, oh, there are so many quarterbacks playing until 40. It's a different position. A quarterback receives the ball from the center every play. A running back has to have the quarterback handed to him. It does, That's it's, right. They're just not the same things. And 39, if he gets to 39, I, no, I'm betting against it, and so are you. That would be amazing. So. I am betting against it, too. Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Let's see if I can actually read the happies. I wrote them. Let's see if I can read them. Happy 56th birthday, Del Curry. Before anybody knew how well Steph Curry could shoot it, they knew how well Del Curry could shoot it. They retired his number at Virginia Tech because he could shoot it. He played 16 years in the NBA because he could shoot it. Del Curry's career shooting percentage from three was 40.2%, and in 1994, he was the sixth man of the year. Now both his sons are even better shooters. Steph, coming off the bench in Dallas, shoots at best, even better than Steph at 45.3%. Steph is at 43.5%, but Steph has hardware, championship rings, and MVP trophies. The Currys are the Mannings of the NBA. Dell played for five different teams, but the bulk of his career, 10 seasons, were in Charlotte, where he now does color on the Hornets games. And a bit of side intrigue for the family, 11 years ago today, Golden State selected Steph Curry with a seventh overall pick. Not wow. a bad top 10, Mike. Blake Griffin, one. James Harden, three. DeMar DeRozan, nine. Uh, it's true, Tony. One of the things I miss about Golden State being in the playoffs this year and actually being in Golden State, we haven't had any of that, is some time spent with Del Curry. 
And Dell, you know, it's got to be as proud as he is of his sons. He is, Tony. There's got to be a little wistfulness in that he can't beat them anymore. He can't outshoot them anymore. He can't beat them in golf anymore. I, I, I think he's still trying to get Steph just one round. I, I love seeing him hanging out a little bit with Dell Curry every spring for the past seven years. And now that's come to an end. That's a happy trail to that streak. I love Dell Curry. He ain't beating Steph Curry in golf. No. Those days are gone. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Edwin Jackson. On this day 10 years ago, while pitching for the Diamondbacks, Jackson threw what we like to call a nuke-lelouch no-hitter against Tampa, throwing 149 pitches, walking eight and hitting a batter, so nobody was safe. Jackson pitched 17 years in the bigs for a major league record 14 different teams. He was released in spring training this year as a minor leaguer for Arizona, so he was still trying at 36. Jackson's career record is 107 and 133 with a 478 ERA. He made one All-Star game, but let's go through the teams and the win totals. The right-hander won six for the Dodgers, then 19 for Tampa Bay, then 15 for Detroit. Jackson had six for Arizona, including this no-hitter, but he was traded halfway through that season to your White Sox. 11 wins in Chicago, five more in St. Louis, 15 for the Washington Nationals, then 16 with your Cubs. He did great in Chicago. Two with Atlanta, none with either Miami or Baltimore, five with San Diego, six with Oakland, and one with the Toronto Blue Jays. Wilbon, I know you hate uniforms, but that's a lot of uniforms, isn't it? Uh, Tony, I mean, I admire this guy. First of all, let's go back to the no-hitter. That's a man's no-hitter. You know, there was no manager coming out in the fifth inning to say, how does your shoulder feel, big boy? This is big boy pitching back then. Good for him, Tony. I love that. 140 pitches. He probably glared back in the dugout when a pitching coach got ready to come out. Come out here and I will pop you. Man's pitching. Not this, you know, let's protect your arm after you get to 90. Stop it. 149 149. Happy trails. Happy trails to an empty Churchill Downs. The Kentucky Derby announced there will be fans for the Derby on September 5th, though at a reduced capacity, in the stands and in the infield. Masks will be encouraged, and fans will be asked to socially distance themselves where possible and wash their hands for 20 seconds or sanitize them frequently, all of which sounds rather laissez-faire to me. There was no mention if this stuff was to occur before or after throwing down a few mint juleps. Uh, no announcement of the specific number of fans allowed to attend the Derby, but last year 150,000 showed up. The Derby, traditionally the first leg of the Triple Crown, will go second this year. Last Saturday in front of no fans, Tis the Law won the Belmont Stakes, which went first this year instead of its usual third. Tis the Law drew away when a good horse does in the final eighth, opening up four lengths on the field. Wilbon, I texted you. You never responded. You promised me you'd watch. Did you watch the race? I did. Yeah, there was a reason for a no-text situation. I, I didn't, Tony. But it was part of it is three hours earlier out here, you know, I, I wasn't keyed in to the 5 o'clock start time. I was, you know, I was, I was actually having a bite outside, and people were watching an outdoor television, and I could hear the screaming, but I was too lazy to get up. You know, the horses. By the way, one to ten scale. What chance do you give of fans actually being, actually being in Churchill Downs? One to ten. Ten is actual fans. One is no chance. What do you got? 
Oh, I think there'll be, I, I go as high as eight. I think there will be some. I just don't think it's going to be an enormous crowd. I don't. Okay. But you got to, you All just right. can't say wear a mask if you want or social distance if it's possible. No, no, you got to have some rules here. Pay attention really? to the science. Yeah. See how many rules Florida and Arizona and Texas have had. What are you talking about? It was a suggestion at most in those states for at least part of the time. Trust me, I'm in one of them. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway to the confidence of knowing that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I have extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.